Hello, and welcome to Miss Genealogy, the podcast, where my number one goal is to get you fired up about family history. Times have changed, and family history isn't just for your grandma. You can sneak it into your everyday life, and the blessings far outweigh any sacrifice, I promise. This podcast is all about connecting to your family, both past and present, and I am so glad that you're here. All right, today I have Hillary Robison with me from Legacy Tale, and we've had a few technical difficulties, but I think we've got them all worked out. And Hillary, thank you so much for taking time to come on the podcast today. It's absolutely my pleasure, Jesse. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. So I'm just going to jump right in and ask you how you came to love family history and preserving memories. Jesse, I probably came to it the way a lot of women do, and that was by becoming a mother. Mm-hmm. I, I quickly began to recognize the power and the impact of intentionally you know, making, reliving, and sharing memories. Right, Nothing will bring love into our home more than my daughter saying, you know, remember when Ryan ran through the hospital yelling, I'm a big brother, I'm a big brother, I'm a big brother? <laughs> well, she doesn't remember that. She was the new baby, but uh-huh. she knows that story and loves it. And that becomes a remember when game, you know, and mm-hmm. a big brother says, oh, remember when I used to play pirates with great grandpa, I would, we would sword fight while he sat in his chair and, and the storytelling goes on from there. And I, I recognized the, the peace and the unity and the love that those kind of memories brought into our home. Mm-hmm. And from there, so it grew from starting about our own family memories within our own lifetimes and expanded beyond there. You know, as women, I believe strongly, Jesse, that we are the keepers of family stories. We are the makers of memories and traditions. Mm-hmm. We, we are the guardians of the hearth and of heritage, and we're the ones who keep the light of faith and family aflame across generations. And that's an amazing trust and blessing that as women, I think, is specifically um, part of our nature and part of our desire generally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I've never really correlated becoming a new mother with this, you know, my desire to just really preserve my family history. But looking back, I can totally see that now and that, you know, I've always had a love for family history and just memories and pictures and stories and all of that. But I think it just became heightened when I became a mother. So I love that you pointed that out. Yeah, absolutely. I think, like you said, some people recognize that that gift earlier. But for me, it was definitely motherhood that sort of brought that to mind. Um, And as I've continued down that path, I've come to realize that not only does family storytelling and preserving memories strengthen our families right now, but it certainly has wonderful healing effects for us individually as women too, mm-hmm. right? We, you know, and I've, I've written and spoken about this, that, that power of, as we reflect and we ponder about things that have happened in the past, we can sometimes come to grips with difficult, hard things. Yes. We can recognize blessings we hadn't before, um, and, you know, find forgiveness sometimes that has been hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And as we reflect on and we learn from the past, we become more intentional about the future, too. And that's really important to me. Intentional living, mm-hmm. both for me personally, as well as my family, is is important. 
Yes. Yeah, I think you just covered so many important and amazing things that we can get from doing family history. And I love the part that you point out being intentional, because I think that's a really important key factor in this. You know, we all live our lives and someone could live the exact same life, but with intention, you know, just be so much more grateful and recognize so many more, you know, even during the hard times to look back and be able to pull things from that. So I think that, yeah, being intentional, intentional about how we teach our kids and just try to inject little things every day or every week or however that looks for you, then I think that's really important. So thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely. And I think for me, at least, is carried over to, you know, other parts of our lives, this intentionality that not only be intentional about sharing and recording those stories, but also being intentional about making the kinds of memories and experiences with my children and as a family Mm -hmm. that are really important. You know, we always hear people lament when a child graduates from high school, for example, oh, where did the time go? Where did the time go? I wish I had done this and this and this, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I really, several years ago, just said, you know what? I do not want to say that. I don't want to get to that point and say, I wish I had and have all of these regrets. Mm -hmm. Now, that being said, I'm sure I will still have regrets. We can't get through life without them. Right. But I want to minimize those regrets. And so for me, that includes both. The, the making memories side, as well as the preserving memories and sharing family stories mm-hmm. side. Yeah, I love that perspective. I think, you know, when we're in the throes of motherhood and every day, you know, they say the days are long, but the years are short. Right. <laughs> and I think that's so true. But some, you know, it's really easy to just get caught up in the day to day and feeling like this is never going to end. And this is so long. And I think that's partly why some people get to that point when their kids are leaving the house and they think, wait, I'm not ready for you to go. And there's so many more things I wish I would have done. And Mm -hmm. so when we can kind of shift our perspective a little bit and think about, okay, the days are going to feel long, but if I can just try to be intentional and create these memories and experiences for my kids, then hopefully I won't have as many regrets when they leave the house. So I really like that perspective and I definitely could work on that in my own life. Well, and I think when your kids are, you know, really small, it's a little bit harder. But as they start to get more school age and, um, you know, more more able to participate in those discussions, Mm -hmm. they can actually be part of that intentionality. That's one of the things that I have come to enjoy um, is actually having planning sessions with my kids as a family mm-hmm. that we sit down and we, we actually have a strategic planning session that I facilitate. Mm-hmm. And I actually have um, free tools for that and a blog post about it online. If you want to share that, you're more than oh, welcome yeah, to. Oh yeah, that would be great. But, you know, um, agendas and, and tools and whatnot on how to actually facilitate that discussion with your kids. Okay. What do we want to learn as a family? Where do we want to you know, go or travel or visit as a family? What kinds of things and people do we want to become? Mm-hmm. So that we help sort of chart this course together. And then, you know, we actually, from that, make plans for how we will spend our time so that we're consciously making an effort to achieve those things that we agreed on. Mm-hmm. As It's all about prioritizing, right? right. When, when we fail to prioritize, we stay busy. There's no question. Mm-hmm. But are we staying busy with the things that at the end of the day are really most important. So we talk a lot about good, better, best. Mm -hmm. 
and and trying to prioritize those things that are best. And some of that is just simply decisions we make as a family about what is most important to us and and then being intentional about spending the time in those areas. Yeah, that's so smart. And I love that you do that. And I'm excited to look into the tools that you have because my oldest is eight right now. So we're still kind of, you know, my and my youngest is one. So we've got little kids in the home. But I think even with them so small, you can tell that they each have such individual and unique personalities and things that they would, you know, interests and stuff. And so it's important to take everybody's opinions into account and figure out how can we make this work together as a family. And so I think that's a really great idea. Well, good. I hope that will be something that you can enjoy for sure. My kids were, um, the youngest was eight when we first did okay. it. Um, so, but you could, it was just because that was when I had the idea uh-huh. and developed. <laughs> yeah. And I think no matter what age your kids are, you can always tweak things and make it work for your family. So yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. I was just going to shift gears a little bit. So I wanted to hear about if you have a favorite ancestor that you can tell us a little bit about. Sure. And as you can tell, my focus is a lot on the preserving memory side. And so I'm certainly not the uh, pro genealogist that you and, and probably a lot of your listeners are. But I do have some wonderful stories that we love to tell in our family about ancestors. And the first one that comes to mind when you ask that question is um, David H. Cannon. So his family um, joined the LDS Church in England. They were actually um, baptized by John Taylor. Mm -hmm. And as they came across the ocean to um, join the body of the church, they, the mother became very sick and she actually died at sea and was thrown overboard as was the custom at the time. Mm. So David H., my great-great-grandfather, was three years old at the time and he didn't understand and wanted to follow his mother. So he kept trying to jump overboard to be be with his mother. So sweet little three-year-old David H. Cannon had to be tied to the mast of the ship. Oh, my goodness. To keep him safe for the rest of that crossing. And uh, so he started out with some tough trials in life. But he he grew to really um, have some miraculous experiences and be a great, great man of faith who's a wonderful example to me. He, after coming through Nauvoo and then onto Salt Lake, his father actually made the death masks for Joseph and Hiram Smith. Wow. And, and then he came on and was called to Southern Utah to help lead the settlement there. And uh, there's a wonderful story of faith where he was asked to travel by wagon from Southern Utah to California to pick up the windows for the St. George Tabernacle that was being built. Mm. And the, they had to pay the freight on those windows when he picked it up, which I believe was $800 at the time, a lot of money. And he had walked the whole Southern Utah area over and over to try to collect that money. And the night before they were still, um, several hundred dollars short, but he had to leave the next morning. The Teamsters were coming. They needed to go uh, pick up these windows. 
Well, he went to bed, still planning to leave in the morning, but not knowing how he was going to get the rest of the money. And got up in the morning, the Teamsters came, they had family prayer before he set out. And he prayed in faith, knowing that the Lord would provide a way. And as he finished that prayer, there was a knock on the door. And it was a man who had walked, oh, I think 20 miles and gotten up in the middle of the night and walked 20 miles from nearby small settlement to bring him every gold piece that he had saved for years to put an addition on his tiny home. Wow. His, name was, his name was Peter Nielsen. And he had been awoken in the night by an impression that he needed to walk to St. George and give this money to David Cannon. Mm. He didn't he didn't know why, but he did. And so that was a, an amazing miracle that he got to be a part of. And uh, it was neat. My son was telling this story one time and somebody came up to us and said, are you kidding me? David H. Cannon's your ancestor. Peter Nielsen is my ancestor. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> so we connected on the other side. And anyway, David H. Cannon went on to become the president of the St. George Temple for 31 years, wow. actually served in that capacity. So a lot of great stories from his life that we enjoy mm-hmm. telling. Yeah, that's such a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Hillary. I love that, you know, just how when we hear stories, it's not, it's, always, well, most always involves more than one person. And so to be able to connect that afterwards with someone else whose ancestor was the one who walked in the middle of the night, I think, yeah, there's just so many great lessons in there. So thank you for sharing that. You bet. Yeah. I mean, he was the one who made the sacrifice, right? right? He's the hero of the story, which is fantastic. So that was a neat connection. Awesome. So you've talked about this a little bit already, but how do you incorporate family history into your life right now? Family storytelling is the the primary way that we really incorporate family history. So, you know, we, we know that strong families are made of strong individuals who feel loved and who love one another, even when, you know, sometimes there's fighting and bickering going on. <laughs> but those those bonds are built through shared experiences on a foundation of family stories. And so, as I mentioned, you know, that being intentional about making memories and then preserving those memories and, um, and sharing them and retelling them is really powerful and, and a big focus for us. So being intentional and strategic about family time and, and how we make memories But I'll share a couple of, I guess, more concrete um, ways that we do that in addition to sitting around telling stories. One of my favorite things, if we're having a tough Sunday, which maybe you never have those at your house, (laughs) but sometimes Sunday afternoons can be long. Or Sunday mornings. Right now we have church at one. So, yeah. (laughs) So, or Sunday mornings. Um, And we... The quickest way I know to turn a grumpy Sunday into a feeling of, of peace and harmony is to play the remember when game, right? Remember when, and, and I shared a couple of those when we very first started, of the kids' favorites, what they mm-hmm. share. And it's, it's funny that their remember whens aren't, they, they aren't even always things that they were there for. So right. some, it's them repeating a story that they have heard. Oh, you know, remember when... When, you know, mom played tennis and she was so terrible. Well, you know, I was in high school, right? They hear my brothers make fun of me. Mm-hmm. And so but all of these things build unity. 
And um, particularly on Sundays, that's a something that we like to do to increase the harmony at yes. home is the Remember When game. Um, a couple of things I do more for recording my own journaling. I, I Years ago, I used to be a great journaler and would write every single mm-hmm. night. And, um, you know, as life and motherhood and everything else hits, I quickly realized that that was not going to continue. Um, I could not keep that up. And so I moved to a once a week journaling, but, but also becoming a mother, it was really important to me that I did not lose these, these amazing moments Mm -hmm. that I experienced the day with my kids, right? Some, some really cute thing they said, or just, you know, not even major things that you would write in a baby book, but, but just wonderful priceless moments that I did not want to forget. And I knew if I was only writing once a week that I was likely to not capture those or at least not remember them with the detail that I wanted them recorded. Mm -hmm. And so I take advantage of my smartphone with, you know, a free note taking app. The one I use is called keep, but, and I, I have a note in there that's journal and I write quick little phrases. I have my phone with me all the time. I can just very quickly pull it up. And um, for years I just write a, I've been recording a little three or four word phrase to jog my memory um, about what I want to write in my journal. So when my journal writing time comes, mm. I pull that out and then I can expound from there, but it jogs my memory. Uh, so that's a tool that yes, I use. That's so smart. One of our favorite, favorite technology tools is Google Photos. And um, I know a lot of folks are familiar with that, but not everyone mm-hmm. is. And honestly, um, it's such an amazing free tool that simplifies our um, memory keeping lives tremendously with its really powerful search tools and facial recognition and sharing capabilities um, for backing up our photos and keeping them for us. In fact, we are such big fans that our actually our best selling digital product for Legacy Tale is how to use Google Photos book that um, I oh, nice. Wrote. So, so yes, that's been our, our most popular product <laughs> and uh, we are big fans of Google Photos and love to use it. Those are a couple of things that we do regularly. Um, I've also had a lot of fun at family reunions or family gatherings, you know, my dad's 70th birthday several years ago mm-hmm. or, you know, celebrating siblings' 40th birthdays. We've had fun making up some homemade games of, of questions in, in different ways. Sometimes we've done Jeopardy kinds of things. Other times we've, you know, all answered a question about a common memory and then tried to guess whose version of the memory it was. Oh, that's fun. Um, if that uh-huh. makes sense. But we've had a lot of fun. And then, you know, typing those up once we're done to, or recording mm-hmm. them, you know, turn on the voice recorder on your phone while we're having it that we've probably never laughed so hard. I'm number two of seven <laughs> kids and we're all, um, we're all in our forties and thirties and to, you know, to relive some of those things is pretty hilarious. We have a fantastic mm-hmm. time. Um, the other thing is to, you know, if you're with an aging relative, maybe you've gathered as a family for a funeral or maybe you've gathered for something more fun, like a wedding and you're, you know, you're having a chance to visit with someone, turn that recorder on your phone mm-hmm. and capture their stories. So I love that technology gives us um, easy opportunities and access to record in ways that we 
that used to just be much, much more difficult. Yes, I know. I think you've touched on a lot of really, really great tips and things that it's always just good to get another reminder of, okay, we have these incredible tools, our phones in our pockets with us all day long. And how are we using them, you know, to the, to the best of their ability? And how can we make sure we're using them to capture our family story? So thank you for all of those reminders. You bet. And I just, I just wanted to point out something that was that I loved what you said at the beginning, talking about how your kids, you know, some of the memories that they share are memories that they actually weren't even alive to, you know, to witness. <laughs> and that's so interesting mm-hmm. to me because I think the same thing from my life, you know, I think it's all just, it just goes to show how strong the family connection can be and the stories, how strong the stories can really, they just are such a, they just connect us so strongly. And I think that just is a testament to learning our stories, to sharing our stories, and then also learning about our ancestors. And I think when we, the more that we learn about them, the more connected we feel. And I've just never really thought about it in that way that, you know, even though we weren't alive during our our ancestors' lives, we can still feel really connected to them. Absolutely. You know, there's a quote from Dennis Neuenschwander that I really like. Um, And he says, you know, a life that is not recorded is a life that within a generation or two will largely be lost. Exactly. And what a tragedy that is in the history of a family. So these verbal stories that we're sharing or these memories that we're experiencing with our kids and we're talking about and reliving and enjoying, um, if we don't actually record those, Mm -hmm. our grandchildren are not going to know about them. And it's, it's the same thing for you know, if, if our ancestors have not recorded and we're able to look up those stories, we need to do the recording right. and, and start that. And for our own stories and our own children, we need to record them because the verbal retelling only will continue if we have written mm-hmm. them down. Yes. Um, one extra, another little tool, if you want to share it, we have um, on Legacy Tale a, an interview form for designed for kids to interview their grandparents um, and ask them, you know, some specific questions and then to actually, you can, and you can stop there, certainly interview them and get the questions and record them. But we also encourage them to move beyond that. And based on the answers to the questions, sort of plan a grandparent day or night celebrating Mm -hmm. them where you do things together. Um, Because some of the questions ask about what you know, what their favorite games were when they were their age, for example. And so we've had some really fun times of, um, you know, grandparents teaching our kids, you know, marbles or different games that they played Uh as kids that our kids don't play anymore. So that was a learn about old memories while making new ones together. I love those double whammies and promote them as often as I can. Let's, let's, you know, capture those old memories or, from our grandparents mm-hmm. while we strengthen our relationship with them at the oh, same that time. Is a fabulous idea. I love that. And I am definitely going to do that with my own kids because they would, they would feel so special to be able to go on a, a little date with their grandparents. And then, and what they don't know is all mm-hmm. of the behind the scenes, you know, teaching them and really connecting them to their grandparents. So I think that's such a good idea. So I'll send you the link for that uh, interview okay. form and Perfect. activity. Okay, so Hillary, you've talked a little bit about Legacy Tale, and I would just love to hear more about it. What inspired you to start that business, um, the process about how it works, what you provide, and then maybe some success stories that you've had? Sure. 
So the genesis of Legacy Tail actually was very organic. Uh, several years ago, an older couple, uh, some friends of mine asked if I would help them edit and publish their personal mm. history. And I was a little bit surprised. Um, I hadn't, you know, necessarily done any work in that field, but they felt confident knowing uh, some of my skill set and that I could help them. And I loved these great people and, and, you know, said yes, accepted the opportunity uh-huh. to help them. It was one of the most uplifting experiences of mm-hmm. my life to learn about these amazing people's life experiences to read in detail because uh, they had kept journals for years, most of their lives and into their eighties. And we're just great, great people. And it was a, a really moving and uplifting opportunity that I had to work with them for about a year on that project. And I realized that I was blessed by doing mm-hmm. so. And yet I was humbled because they were so incredibly grateful and um, and gratified and felt that I had done something for them that they could not have done for mm-hmm. themselves. And yeah. so it was it was just a really wonderful experience all the way around. And I, I dearly love those people. But that was how it okay. started. And of course, then they started to, they started telling people, oh, you know, um, you need you need to have Hillary do this. And of course, they would show them their books. They bought books, these beautiful hardbound books we made. Um, they bought them for their kids and their grandkids. And they, you know, then they would show their friends, uh-huh. and say, you know, so it, it grew from there. But it, it definitely started out with this custom book idea. And not everyone certainly had written journals. In fact, very few of them had kept journals at all, let alone to the extent that that first uh-huh. couple had. So for a lot of folks, I interviewed and wrote their stories okay. for them. And that, you know, is almost an even more wonderful experience because there is a bit of an art to um, asking the right questions and following intuition to go down a line of thinking that maybe isn't in your set of questions that you originally started mm-hmm. with and to be able to, you know, together craft um, the, the story that will impact generations for decades, for uh, mm. millennia, really. So that that's a beautiful experience, too, that I really, really loved and have appreciated. So I've gained all of these surrogate um, grandparents. And actually, they're not all um, of grandparent age, although the majority are, but some are young people who you know, want to capture their life story now and Uh and not wait, which is wonderful. And of course we promote, you know, capturing your family stories while your kids Mm -hmm. are at home, even though it's crazy, that's when you, you know, you have all these experiences that you really want to remember in detail. And so we promote a lot of that. But so it started with that, you know, custom touch of me working Mm -hmm. one-on-one with folks. And we came to realize, um, Ben and I together, my husband, that there are folks who are perhaps interested in that, but are not able to dedicate the time or the funds to do that kind of a custom project right. with me. And also, you know, 
we can't really scale from our end that yeah. kind of experience. <laughs> so, so we decided to develop some tools, uh, digital books and courses and online resources for those who want to, mm-hmm. for do-it-yourselfers, who wanted some direction but didn't need or want hand-holding every step of the way. So, um, like I said, we have several e-books, um, e-courses online, as well as a lot, a lot really of free content on the blog at LegacyTale.com. And it really came to be a great marriage, uh, <laughs> double marriage, I guess, with um, with my skill set and Ben's because he he's an mm-hmm. IT professional. And so we, we really harness the power of storytelling and technology to strengthen families across mm. generations. And so it's been wonderful to see um, with his area of expertise and his, he has tremendous ability to um, explain to laymen how to use technology in ways that really make sense and add um, meaning and value uh-huh. to their lives. So marrying that with, with my skill set to help folks has been really a fun, wonderful yeah, experience. That's so great. And I will definitely link your website in the show notes so that people can find all of your amazing resources and tools. And I'm excited to learn more about what you do. I mean, I've looked up your website and seen some of the things, but I really want to dig in and and apply it. So I'm excited for what you guys offer. And I think it's just such a great resource. Thank you. Uh, we're, it's been a blessing and uh, um, a wonderful project to work together and and really to work with all of these wonderful people that you know we've become part of their lives. In fact, even though we've moved all the way across the country, I just a few days ago got a note from one of my one of my friends mm-hmm. that started out as a client. Um, so we keep in touch. And I will share a success story. Um, I will never forget the phone call that I received from a client months after we had published her life story and these beautiful heirloom books mm. for her family. She was in, she was in tears over a phone call she had received from her granddaughter who had been mm. reading her book. And her granddaughter said, Grandma, I am facing the same tough decision. I didn't know you went through that too. Now, as I read your book, the spirit was able to direct me in reading your story. And now I know I can do it. Now I have an answer because you shared your Mm. story with me. So that's the, those are the kinds of miracles that happen, you know, we know whether it's with grandma who's still alive and we got to read her story or it's an ancestor from mm-hmm. generations ago, those miracles happen. Um, those answers are received. We all, I particularly impress upon folks and you know this, Jesse, that, um, you know, of all the things we could be recording and writing, it's those faith promoting experiences that have mm-hmm. the greatest impact. And regardless of, you know, religious affiliation, I have seen that across the board, no matter what people believe, um, it's those experiences that promote and strengthen faith. It's those trials and challenges that they have overcome. It's their, it's their progress when Mm -hmm. all seemed black, right? Those are the stories, the memories that really have meaning and make a difference in the lives of those who read them. So it's incredibly gratifying for me to be able to experience those with other folks. Um, and it strengthens my resolve every single day to make sure 
that I leave my own faith promoting experiences for my children and grandchildren mm-hmm. and don't leave them without those strengthening power that I know they can have from yes, my own story. That's so beautiful and such such a great reminder to not just, you know, when you're writing in your journal or trying to record some of your life history to not gloss over the the hard stuff because that's really what's going to connect people and realize, okay, she was a real person and she struggled with a lot of things. And, and I think that's really what makes someone come alive and, um, and really helps us to connect. So yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You bet. It's a, a wonderful experience, wonderful opportunity to read and record stories. Yes. Okay. Well, before I let you go, is there anything else you'd like to share with us or favorite tips that you usually share with people who don't know where to get started or who feel overwhelmed in recording their family stories or their own personal story? What are your favorite things to share with people? You know what? I think I revealed those already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The the Remember When game and the interviewing the grandparents and um, Google Photos. But I do have one other, I guess, resource, um, and that's free on our website as well. If you're just if you're wanting to record and you're you have some motivation, but you're just not sure where to start, mm-hmm. um, we have a a little mini ebook of fa- of writing prompts around family life. So if you're just saying I'm ready, but I don't even know what to answer, uh-huh. you, that's a good place to start. So download that; it's free on the at the top of our website, Legacy Tale. And that's a good place to start. And then if you're ready to move beyond that, um, you know, there are a lot more resources digging deeper. But for folks, the other thing I will share, Jesse, is that it's the first step is always the hardest. If you're trying to record mm-hmm. your stories or your family stories, it, it, it is overwhelming. It does seem overwhelming, but you don't have to you don't have to do it all at once, number one, right. and you can and should prioritize what to include. Um, I worked with a woman one time who had who had been interviewing her father for like four years and had hundreds of notebooks that she had been writing wow. out longhand, <laughs> um, his life story. And I thought, well, that's fantastic that he has such a great memory that he's sharing in that kind of detail. Uh-huh. But... But let's, you know, let's prioritize, right? Let's be realistic. Time is limited for all of us. Exactly. Whether we're, you know, whether we're 30 or we're 80, it doesn't matter the reason. There is going to be limited time. And so I always tell folks, and the way I work is to prioritize the most important things first. Um, and, you know, it matters less who your kindergarten teacher was. So that's great <laughs> if you remember her and she had a, and she had a positive impact on you. That, that's good. But let's get to the best things and let's record those first. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, I even developed a, a video course that specifically is, you know what, you want to write your, write your life story, but you are just too overwhelmed and do not have time. So it focuses on only four key questions. Mm. If you will answer these four key questions, um, you will get the most important pieces of your life story down that will have the greatest impact on those you love. So there are some ways to sort of shortcut and, and um, you know, make eating that elephant much more manageable. Yes. Well, such a good tip. Thank you for ending with that. I think that is beautiful and such a good reminder to realize that like with everything, you know, we don't have to do 
we don't have to do it all and you don't have to feel super. I mean, it is easy to feel overwhelmed, but you can take it just a little bite at a time. And I think, yeah, that's great, great advice. So thank you again, Hillary, for coming on the podcast and, um, yeah, just for all of my listeners, make sure to check out Hillary. She's at legacytale.com. So thank you again, Hillary. And it has been such a treat to, ch- to chat with you today. Well, I've enjoyed it. Absolutely, Jesse. Thanks for all the great work that you do, inspiring all of us <laughs> to keep at it with our family history. So thank you for this opportunity to visit. You are so welcome. You guys, thanks so much for being here. It means the world to me to be able to share my passion for family history with all of you. If you haven't done so yet, feel free to leave me a review on iTunes. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Miss Genealogy. If you want to shoot me an email, you can do that at missgenealogy.jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, at gmail.com. I'd love to hear how you are getting fired up about family history work. See you next week.